0: Welcome to the Dear Writer Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more
1: experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the
0: show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today is another one of our author spotlight segments where we're going to be talking to Caitlin Legaspi. So Caitlin is currently studying business management um, at the University of Florida but on the side she writes YA fantasy. Uh, She has four published books, three in her Dark Irregular trilogy and the first of her Cardholder series. When she's not writing or studying she also does book reviews for both indie and traditionally published books. So it's nice to have you on the show Caitlin. Yeah welcome.
2: Hello thank you for having me.
0: It's always so exciting having guests on these Author Spotlight segments. I really enjoy getting to hear all about people's writing journeys and how they got started and how they found uh, publishing and, you know, everything else. Yeah, definitely.
1: We absolutely love having guests on the show. And with that said, let's jump straight into it and talk about how you got started writing.
2: All right. So how I got started writing, I actually started out writing fan fiction when I was in middle school. I watched a lot of TV back then. In fact, a lot of the shows that I watched, especially anime, for sure, influences a lot of my writing. And at the time, I was a really big fan of Power Rangers Samurai. And that was like the first big story I would ever written. And then after finishing that, I decided to do my own original uh, novel idea and that's when I started taking writing more seriously rather than just a hobby and something I wanted to pursue so yeah that's
1: really cool totally understand having come in from that kind of perspective and doing like a bit of fan fiction and stuff I remember I think doing a little bit of that in my high school years not collaborating with Ashley at that point
0: it was just kind of for fun. Was that with Inu Yasha? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's the only anime I remember you guys watching back then. <laughs> oh God, we were quite into anime
1: too. It's sort of yes. a group of friends that hanging out with at the time. It, yes so I totally understand that and it's a super fun way I think to start writing and then discover that you know you have a passion for it
0: did the first book that you write become one of the ones that you have published or does that like live in a secret drawer
2: the first original novel idea that I wrote is the first book that I published actually oh, cool. yeah so I wrote that one in seventh grade of middle of middle school Yeah. And then after that, um, the second and third books of the trilogies came in um, eighth grade in my first year of high school. And I don't know, (laughs) you might probably see there's a lot of Bleach, some Attack on Titan in there, (laughs) and um, (laughs) Avatar The Last Airbender uh, influences that are maybe some Naruto. Yeah, some Naruto in there too. Those were the um, (laughs) anime and shows that i really into at the time. And like, it's one of those things where you don't (laughs) Realize that they made it in there until after the fact.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you're like, hey.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Are there any other writers or any other shows that sort of inspire your writing?
2: Oh yeah, for the card folder series in particular, especially when I started writing that, I was super into Hunter Hunter. There was actually one reader who read the book and she immediately found influences of uh, Kilo Zoldek <laughs> in one of the characters. Definitely also influenced the power system in that series. I was also into um, Katakio Hitman Reborn at the time, and that also made it into the power system of the series as well, some influences there, but yeah, those were, those were the two main things that I remember influencing card holders. So yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. I was going to ask, um,
0: what made you decide to go ahead and publish your first series?
2: I would say it was, I guess, a little bit of a chain of events. And by chain of events, I mean, there were a lot of people around me who um, thought me writing my own book was really cool. And so I had a lot of classmates who um, supported me in my idea, even asked if... (laughs) They could be a character in my books, which I did do. <laughs> I had a, <laughs> yeah, um, I had a, um, a literature teacher in middle school who was ecstatic when she found out that I was writing my own stuff, and she has uh, all three books of the trilogy. And I just gave her the most recent book that was published, the first book of Card Holders, too. So she's got all four of my books right now. Yeah, so, yeah, she's she's amazing. I love her. But what made me decide was definitely the support from my classmates and teachers. And um, I remember this so vividly. I actually, the really early stages of Dark Irregular, back when I was still um, writing fanfiction, it was on the nick.com message boards, which was the um, website for Nickelodeon, the TV channel, back when it was still there. I was telling my best friend at the time about it. It's like, hey, I'm writing this story on this platform right here. And he's like, oh... Are you going to get it published? And that was when I really started thinking about it. So if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't be here right now. So, yeah. You're like, actually, maybe I could. Yeah. Maybe I could. <laughs> yeah.
1: It takes like that seed of an idea to sort of grow, for sure. And I, when you were talking about your classmates asking if they could be in the book, because we started yeah. writing when we were in our teens <laughs> together, and we encountered a very similar situation. Everyone who read it was like, "Can I have a character? And then they always wanted to name the character the most ridiculous name, which
2: was hilarious. <laughs> <but laughs> they like they even gave me like little... Character profiles and stuff, oh, cool. and I got the name. So, like, if I don't know if like any of my middle school classmates will end up watching this, probably not. But if they do stumble upon this, if you want to know if I put you in as a character in the trilogy, especially, because that's that's when I knew everyone at the time. Just like find a character that has your initials, and you're golden. <laughs> you're like there, I am. <laughs> yeah there you are oh those are my initials that's probably me and if the character looks like you in basic description it's probably is you (laughs) so yeah it's really fun
1: (laughs) I often wonder that I I wonder whether our old classmates also like remember the fact that they they're in it that they asked
0: (laughs) to be in it (laughs) and most of them are still in it so
2: Mm, we took out some (laughs)
0: albeit we've changed their descriptions a little bit yes
2: Uh, (laughs) but i don't do the initial thing anymore i think we changed
0: their personalities
1: a bit as well because to like suit the plot so so it's not really them anymore but it was kind of like you know the (laughs) starter idea (laughs) (laughs) so when you sort of went into the publishing since we're kind of following on that track did you go straight into like self-publishing or sort of how did you find your experience sort of moving into publishing in terms of all the technicalities of you know getting the interior design sorted and the cover and all that kind of stuff did you find it difficult or because it would have been a little little while ago now um
2: I imagine yeah I actually dark irregular used to be a traditionally published book actually there was this um yeah, there's uh, it was traditionally published when I was 16.
1: Oh, cool. 16-19. Yeah, that's what I'm like. That's um, quite
2: a quite an achievement. It was a small publishing press in New York. It, it, what was weird about it, it was it was like a combination of a traditional publishing house where they actually go through manuscripts to see if like it fits their standards and stuff and a vanity press because we had to pay <laughs> for it to happen but the great thing about it is that they were very personal with you so any edits that they make and stuff they're just comments on the word document and I basically have final say for some things and I also have say in what I wanted the book cover to look like so Dark Irregular is the actual book cover stuff from that company which I'm allowed to use because it's stated in the contract (laughs) but yeah so that helped me gain like a sort of first inside look to like the editing and uh, book cover process at least it's like some surface level things but it wasn't until I started wanting to self-publish after my contract had ended that I started diving deeper into it because after that everything basically fell on me (laughs) So, so I had to do my own research on everything from editing to book interior and I guess the the book interior didn't Really apply until the uh, first book of the cardholder Holder series, because up until then I'd been using the um, automatic ebook file that uh, Draft right. to Digital makes as the uh, right, print yeah. file, but I didn't want to do that for this new series. So, yeah, I have an artist do the in the Philippines, do the book cover art. I do the rest of the wraparound book cover for the front, the spine in the back. I did my own interior formatting or um, cardholders, too, which takes a long time. So it, was, it was a journey. certainly <laughs> is. Yeah. Self-publishing so was also, like, my first step into social media marketing because I've never been a big social media person, and the only reason I got an Instagram was for book marketing. But, yeah, it's it's the platform I'm most active on, definitely. Like, I don't even really use Snapchat anymore or Facebook, for that matter. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah it took me a long time to get into Instagram
1: and things. And I still find it like, you know, I'll try and post and stuff, but I still find it quite hard to keep up with. So it's certainly, I think probably one of the bigger challenges of being like an introvert author is learning how to work the social media sort of stuff and learning how to incorporate it in such a way into your life that it doesn't like take over everything
2: <laughs> yeah definitely when I started out it's actually because of some it's somewhat because of social media that I am a little bit more outgoing because you just naturally find that niche of people that you just have things in common with and it's just easy to get into um, a conversation with them it's like I used to not show my face at all on my stories and now I'm showing my face like every day on their or at least like the top half of my face. And it's like, I don't know, if people have followed me for a long time, they know that's my thing. I'll only show my eyes on my stories uh, for the most part. But um, it's definitely hard to keep up with it. I actually schedule all of my social media posts. I have like a spreadsheet with deadlines for everything from beta reading to editing to um, artwork to like all my social media posts and even book reviews and stuff like I have all of my social media posts until November all scheduled out wow so and ready to be changed if need be oh
0: my gosh that's so organized that is yes. really organized. yeah Because it's a lot to keep up with it really is yeah. You're giving me ideas
1: I'm like oh yes I could do this <laughs> So how about you tell us about your new book, Red Blood, the first in the cardholder series. So so, (laughs) interested.
2: So Red Blood is a book that I wrote in my sophomore year of high school. So I was still pretty young when I wrote it. And with it, I wanted to try something new. I wanted to deviate from that more traditional fantasy world that the Darker Regular Trilogy had and place it into somewhere more modern, with like a modern cityscape and also give it a more intricate power system that I wasn't able to develop in the trilogy. And it was also in this book that it's the first time I ever tried writing in the first person because the entire trilogy was in the third person. I just wanted to experiment and try something new with it. So uh, Red Blood is a young adult urban fantasy book told in the first-person perspective of 17-year-old Neela Blydes as she's forced to participate in a tournament to find the new leader of her domain, which is like a country in our world. And the leader's title is called Cardholder, hence the series name. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like the really, really basic premise <laughs> of um, this first book.
1: I think it's really cool the idea of 52 different domains instead of countries and stuff and it feels like I was sort of reading over your blurb that you sent us and it feels quite like dystopian as well yeah it just seems really interesting and you uh, said that you like to have it more character driven as well like the oh yeah the clock.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing that happened with the trilogy. (laughs) I wanted it to be more action-based, but it ended up being more character-based than anything. And I uh, encountered the same thing with Red Blood and just the entire Cardholder series in general. It's basically one huge character arc for Neela, since she's the main protagonist. And yeah, there are like several action scenes sprinkled throughout all of the books, which is kind of needed. Um, but try to make those the best they can be, to the best of my ability. But it is definitely entirely a character-driven story. At least for me personally, it hits on emotions. For uh, some readers that I've been in contact with, it hit them emotionally in some parts, which is awesome. That's <laughs> what <I made> some- <laughs> so you
0: want, right?
2: Yeah, some people cried, and I was like, yes, oh, wow. I did it. That's awesome, I got you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so proud. And the 52 domains thing. I was really into card games at the time, like standard deck of playing cards. That's where the 52 comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got the idea to incorporate the deck of cards into the power system and the world building for this book. So, yeah, it was just my love of card games at the time <laughs> that I wrote it that had me made that decision that's so cool. <laughs> that's where that came from yeah
0: do you have any idea how long the series is going to go for your your cardholder one
2: oh it is six books I planned it to be uh, another trilogy but me being the pantser at the time did not plan <laughs> out anything so instead of the three books that I wanted it to be and ended up being Five, and then I was so unsatisfied with what used to be the fourth book of the series that I split it into two, and then wrote out the gaps to make them their own full-length novels. So, it is six books. All of them are <laughs> done with their first oh draft.
0: Uh-huh. Needs to wow. be edited.
2: <laughs> yeah. What really sucks is that I didn't plan anything out. So, if anything changes in an earlier book, I have to change it in the later book.
1: Which is- <laughs> we <laughs> you know do <laughs>
2: yeah
1: even the For tiniest sure.
2: details yeah i've already had to do it it's like it's like what color eyes does this person have again because that's important yeah <laughs> i play uh, it's like i have to i play like a lot with really subtle symbolism or some things like you have to catch it as a reader if you want to like appreciate it i guess as a whole which, which is probably a con of reading my stuff but i mean it's fun to see who gets it and who doesn't it's really fascinating
0: are you still a pantser or do you plan a bit more now
2: I, I do plan a bit more now actually most recently starting last year last year I started writing purely romance books and the reason why I did that is because I can't avoid a romantic subplot to save my life so I was like why not do this and for a romance book it is basically entirely character driven so I thought planning out at least key scenes at the very least would be beneficial to me and it was. Did I uh, did the characters take me to places I didn't want them to go? Yeah so, <laughs> so the plans did have to change quite a bit but I think it's a system that works like right now with the um, romance book that I'm writing right now I haven't planned anything for it yet other than the ideas I have for my head. But for now my strategy is write until you hit a roadblock and then after that take what you've already written, analyze it, and then make an outline to follow. Seems like
0: a good way to do it. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <Totally.
2: laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about
0: a little bit more about your dark irregular trilogy as well? Because I assume that whole thing's available for people to purchase if they so desire.
2: Oh yeah. I almost forgot about yeah, they can be sold as a bundle on Amazon, can't it? <laughs> I, just, I saw that and I was like, oh, this is now a thing. But yeah, so the Dark Irregular trilogy, um, I wrote it really young. My first three books ever. It follows the story of an orphan named... Kana, as she's recruited to be an apprentice of a knight in the kingdom she lives in which is called um, the kingdom of Silenia and she used to train in uh, it's basically it's quote headquarters and uh, the palace of the crimson rose and as she's recruited and journeys there and trains there she uh, this is more the premise of the first book because I can't do anything with the second and third because spoilers <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough as, <laughs> right as the first book progresses she keeps getting attacked by these dark spirits or monsters in her world called shadows and attacked more than like any average normal human being would. So a big part of the first book especially is figuring out why she's being attacked like that and also why she seems to have a connection with who is known to be the most powerful dark being in her universe who is called the Dark Irregular the title of the book (laughs) Um, so yeah that's the main premise of that
0: (laughs) you sound really fascinating I was gonna say I generally find fantasy really interesting because it's not something I've ever read or attempted to like get into before so whenever people tell me about I'm like oh wow
2: I'm fascinated by fantasy writers and because I'm that kind of writer who doesn't really plan out everything in the world I just do whatever is necessary for the story and then some just to flesh it out more. But for the fantasy writers who really flesh out their world, like create languages, especially and magic spells, like in J.K. Rowling, and then you have um, Tolkien with his massive world building, um, I just find that all impressive. People say I have a big imagination, but the, those people have a massive imagination
1: literally out of this world yeah (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) So, so yeah i still think it's like super impressive the what you've done especially you being so young when you created it how did you go with the world building like did you as you said did you just sort of like add it in afterwards or was it sort of more real world with fantasy kind of sprinkled in or was it um did you kind of focus on the world building after and try and develop those details a bit more or how did you manage that
2: when i started writing the trilogy i did have a basic idea of what i wanted it was i think the time period in the world itself was definitely inspired by um the lord of the rings type setting silenia itself for example is just like one big huge landmass, and then um Unfortunately, I wasn't able to flesh out many other uh, races other than human, other than the elves. (laughs) But I did have a basic idea of what I wanted. And it was one of those things where, as the story continued, the world building (laughs) continued along with it. Mm -hmm. So I had the basics down, like the landmass and what it looked like in my mind geographically. And also the alternate parallel universe where the dark beings live. And the dark beings themselves, as well as types of them. So I had those. But it's the more I write, the more I had to make up, <laughs> I guess, on the fly. <laughs> so yeah, the details were kind of like added in <laughs> as I went along, which sounds terrible. But it's one of those things where it's like, as long as it makes sense with what you yeah. already have, fine. I think,
1: <laughs> so I think it's fine yeah. either way, you know, like I wouldn't put any judgment on like whether one person like plans the entire thing out and then one person does it as they go, you know, like each way is totally valid and it's just interesting to see how different people do it. And we have had other fantasy writers on here who say that they do it a similar way to you where they, you know, like start off and then it just builds like as their universe grows. And I think that's kind of cool because in my mind, when I thought about ever, like, I mean, I've never really attempted fantasy. I've kind of tried a sort of sci-fi thing kind of, which didn't really pan out. And I was like, maybe I'll leave that to another time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like when I try and approach it, it seems really overwhelming to me, like to think there's this whole other world. And so maybe it can be inspirational for other writers out there just to be like, oh, you know, you don't have to have it all mapped out right from the start. The main thing is oh, yeah. getting the words down, right?
2: hmm And what I found is like, with each new big lumped series project that I have, the more world building I do before I actually start the um, writing of the story. Because for the trilogy, I had very basics. I didn't even really have what a government build would be like. <laughs> I didn't have um, details for the power system at all that sort of just built up as it went. But going into the um, cardholder series, I had the power system down. I had what I wanted the world to look like in my mind, like the domains, for example, and then the cores of those domains, which is like the absolute city centers of them, or like the, which I guess, which you would consider capitals (laughs) of sorts. But yeah, I had a lot more um, detail going into of the world going into the card holder series than I did the the trilogy, so that's like that's one trend <laughs> that I've seen uh, <laughs> yeah. with myself personally. You're like I'm learning. <laughs> yes, I am learning. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah.
1: Like I mean, we I think we've probably followed a similar path that way in terms of we were very. I mean, we did plan every chapter because we had to being collaborative writers, but we didn't really mm-hmm. plan the book. As such, we just kind of, like, went off the seat <laughs> of our
0: pants. A few chapters in advance. We're like, oh, no, we're running low on chapters to write. We should probably plan some more. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, maybe this is long. We should probably end it soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which was way too long.
2: I would never plan my chapters. I just had where I wanted, a story, wanted the story to go in my head. And when I feel like this one small chunk felt like a good conclusion, it's like, yeah, I'll end the chapter here. Yeah, this is a, it's one of those things. And um, the thing about going into books with more detail about the world building, I found especially applies to my characters. The characters in the Dark Regular Trilogy, definitely the most one dimensional of the characters that I have right now overall. <laughs> um, but like going into card holders, I would think my characters are more in depth than the trilogy. And then, especially for the romance books where it's solely based on character relationships and development I have full-on profiles for those um, characters in there for the main ones at least that have like their worst school subjects their best school subjects (laughs) little habits they have um like this one guy only wears a cloth headband when he's studying at home for example (laughs) if they like spicy food or sweet food if they hate cold weather or or hate hot weather I, I have those and I didn't used to have those but it's, it's um, really fun to just like create a character on a fly and see if it actually fits in to the book.
0: Sorry, I was going to ask if you found it easier than writing your characters having the profile versus
2: before when? I assume you didn't have a as detailed a profile, I would guess. No, like um, if I compare the profile for uh, main character Nila, example to the profile that I have for the main female character of one of the completed drafts of my romance books, uh, Mora, for example, Nila's personality, for example, the portion where her personality fits in, is really more of a summary. And her character profile is mostly her powers. That she would use throughout the book. Well, for Mora, it's her family and then all of like her habits and stuff like that. Things that she likes, things she dislikes, her type of guy, her favorite colors. <laughs> like um, I have all of that written down. And for a book that's mainly based on character relationships and character development it's really handy to have actually just to make sure hey do I have this right <laughs> um, yeah. it's like yeah this, he has this habit right but yeah it's really it's a great reference to have yeah just to refer to just to make sure things are accurate but, yeah yeah I would agree but... <laughs> we've done something yeah. similar <laughs> it reminds me of yeah. like especially what you were saying before about
1: the eye color it reminds me of like one of our characters changed hair color frequently <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i know for the eye color for me was there are two really important characters in nila's life one of them have emerald green and the other one is forest green so i'm like wait a second which, <laughs> which character has which eye color <laughs> yeah which one has which shade of green <laughs> but, but yeah it <laughs> was just my fault i guess but yeah that's easy to
1: get confused though
2: <laughs> it is i've had to check so many times just to make sure i got it right <laughs> But I think I have it down now. <laughs> I really yeah. hope I do.
1: But
2: yeah,
1: I think it becomes easier when they start like taking on like life in your mind as well. You like can see the person, and you're like, oh yeah. Especially like at the start when you're still trying to get to know the characters, and it's like, who are you again?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Opening like... the character
2: profile. What did you look like again? And are we? Like. <laughs> 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 and it's it's funny. The person who did my book. Uh, cover art uh, from the Philippines he does um, all my character art that I post on Instagram and that I also use on my website and what's really funny is that I find it a lot easier to picture what um, the girls look like rather than the guys it's like for the girls I'm like okay here it is she looks like this her facial features are this and (laughs) I have so many reference pictures and for him to just go off of and then for the guys I'm like okay so I have a general description of what he looks like. Here are some reference pictures of what I think my mind is conjuring up in my head. Sorry. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad whenever I do that to him. And like whenever I give him like a guy character to make some art of, like, uh, here's what I got. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> but he always does an amazing job. It's like, um, it's one of those things where if it looks right to you, it just clicks. And then it's like, yeah, that's him. That's definitely him. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's it's awesome. hilarious.
2: It's, yeah, we it's cool. the the first guy that he um, made art of for me was um his name's Kenneth. He's another main character of the Dark Irregular trilogy alongside Kana. And we went through like four different sketches of him because sketch after sketch, it just it just didn't feel right. And then the final sketch that he sent to me after I kept giving him like little things to change was like that's him there he is <laughs> <laughs> that's kenneth right there <laughs> yeah and then we could continue on with like the rest of getting his um full body sketch out and then the entire thing in full color
1: when you knew what you wanted
2: <laughs> yeah it's like I'll, I'll know it when i see it
1: yeah exactly
2: which is really bad for him um
1: <laughs> yeah i do know what you mean though we're going through with cover designers at the moment and stuff and we were like trying to decide on what sort of style
2: that we're looking at and stuff and we're like oh yeah that's always a lot of fun you're like that's cause... not it that's not it yeah because <laughs> i didn't know what i wanted my book covers to look like i was like do i want to keep it as just objects on the front cover like on the trilogy or do i want to branch out to something new and i ended up branching out to something new because honestly i'm not a, am not usually a fan of seeing characters on a book cover, especially if Mm -hmm. they're real people edited on to the book cover. (laughs) That's literally what (laughs) I said, too. Yeah. Um, But the only exception to the, like, I don't like seeing characters on the book cover is when they're obviously, like, drawn, whether, like, hand-drawn or digitally drawn. Yeah. So, um, is digitally drawn. Yeah, because I had such a clear picture of what I wanted her to look like. But the exception of the bangs, like, I don't know if you saw the um, book cover, but in my mind, originally, she did not have the bang. And then the artist added in the bangs. And I'm like, wait a second. I actually really like this. Let's keep it. <laughs> but yeah, so, so ever since I saw that official art of her with like all the bangs it, um on the covering her forehead and the highlights through her hair, I was like, yeah, I can't imagine her without the bangs anymore. So it's just, <laughs> Neela's got bangs eternally in my head now. But <laughs> so, so yeah. She looks amazing. I love it. <laughs> I just
0: looked up the cover again. And I was like, had I seen it? And I had. I like the bangs. Yeah. That's yeah, really so cool.
2: <laughs> she didn't have those bangs originally. Now she's got the bangs.
0: <laughs> but yeah. It's so
2: fair. Yeah, it's so cute. I'm like, I love it. I really do. And uh, like everything he does, he does such an amazing job. We're actually doing, people don't know this, actually. We're, we're going through stuff for the book cover for book two right now. Mm, exciting. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: I was about to ask you what was in store for the future,
2: so... Oh, so book two, um, which is titled Two More Lives, is <laughs> scheduled to come out sometime in the spring next year. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be taking place um, four to five months after the ending of book one. And <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I look back at this series and I'm like, wow, things don't really start to solidify until book three books one and two are really a lot of um exposition for what the entire series is going to be about and that's totally right. my fault <laughs> yeah because i read the reviews it's fascinating because like i've learned through reading reviews like no two readers are alike at all there are some people who will catch the foreshadowing and there are some people who won't there are some people who will think that nila and her older brother act like real siblings and there are other people who think they don't act like real siblings there are people who who thought that, like, the book didn't move much at all, but it's the first book of a series, so it's fine. And then there are people who think that the book moved, like, really pretty well. And (laughs) and so I'm like, I don't know which it is, but it's fine. (laughs) As long as you enjoyed it overall, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay with it. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so book two definitely has like reveals a lot more that's just gonna leave people even like being confused it left me confused like like (laughs) I didn't plan anything out and like all these twists and turns like how am I going to make this into a cohesive story within this series I managed to do it somehow (laughs) so yeah
0: are you working on the edits and things on that at the moment or are you kind of letting it rest for now
2: oh yes so my um my boyfriend actually is my editor he helped me edit the first book and we're doing so now for the second book we're a little bit past the um halfway mark right now and we just do like a little bit day by day because we're both full-time college students and he's got a job i've got an internship now (laughs) so it kind of has to be that way but we've been um working on edits for um i guess like the first round of edits for book two since um late january this year so yeah, we've been doing it for a while now. I can't wait to get to the end. <laughs> no, the feeling can be so painful. Yeah. Sometimes. I I still don't know what's more painful, formatting my own book interior oh. or edits. <laughs> As you changed, you changed one of the um uh like the gutter or the um borders on the outside and you change everything
1: yeah. i was doing that just recently and i was like oh you changed that and now it's like 50 more pages
2: yeah and it's like I to increase the gutter again <laughs> it really sucks sometimes
0: So, we're on the topic of your you know being a student and your internship and everything how do you juggle doing your studies along with writing because i know well I stopped writing during my undergrad degree and I um, mm-hmm. I do work at a university. I'm a lecturer, so I understand
2: <laughs> how difficult yeah. and like,
0: how demanding the like undergrad study or whatever study you're doing now can be. So how do you juggle that with your writing?
2: I guess it depends on the semester. Like um for uh, the summer semester, which I'm in right now, I actually have what I call an in- intensive schedule where I have a spreadsheet. And from like the beginning of May to the second week of August, I just have dates on the first column, and then what lectures I'm going to watch, what textbook pages I'm going to read, what practice problems I'm going to study, and then like everything else for my internship all placed on a day in its own specific category, so I know what I'm going to do for that day. (laughs) And then... I just switch off, so I'm not doing one thing for a really mundane around, uh, amount of time. So if I do a lecture, for example, because it's an online lecture, I, my attention span on, on online lectures are just not. It's just not there. So like I'll spend like half an hour from- <laughs> I,
0: We've had to give a few online lectures um but we've been in person now for most of the semester but you give them and i can see like on zoom my students are like browsing the internet i can tell them i can, I can tell you're not paying attention to me but no, it's okay mine like i struggle to. oh are they not live
2: they're recorded so it oh, makes no. it's even harder so even yeah because i yeah, can't like, call you yeah, out yeah you just I, I also increase the speed to like 1.6 you're one of those so...
0: people yeah i'm one of <laughs> those amazing people. As, it's
2: like if you hear it for long enough it sounds like you're speaking the person speaking normally it's so funny so, yeah it is but yeah so I'll do like an hour of lecture and then I'll do like Makes a social media post for Instagram and then I'll do something for my internship and then maybe I'll like read a little bit so it's just so I just keep my days varied so I'm not bored or something or it doesn't seem like as much of a chore as it could be yeah
0: yeah it sounds like you have everything very well planned out also which is probably helpful
2: (laughs) I'm really glad you think so, because I feel like (laughs) I feel like a mess. Um, (laughs) But but, yeah, I think everyone does. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really nervous for the fall semester, actually, because it'll be like a full it'll be 14 credits for me. And then on top of that, I want to try to find another internship or get a part time job. And then on top of that, I'm also the new president and music director of my cappella group that I'm a part of in my, cool. in my university. So that's going to take up a lot of time too. <laughs> and, um, and on top of that is all the book stuff that I have. Um, so I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it somehow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> find a way. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck.
2: <laughs> I'll find a way. Thank you. <laughs> I was
0: going to ask if there's anything else you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered yet or haven't brought up
2: not that I can think of right now actually actually I am curious how how do you determine it's a question for you I guess how do you determine (laughs) if like (laughs) an emotional scene is like good enough I guess because I have quite a few some don't hit as hard as others which is fine but for like the most critical ones where like I really want to break the reader's hearts, like if I'm not crying, they're not going the like the likelihood of them crying aren't going to cry. Like I rewrote the uh, I guess this is spoilery. I rewrote a scene <laughs> in, um, in Red Blood, for example, because I thought the original from the first draft when I read it over again it didn't hit me. And so I rewrote it and while uh, as i rewrote it i was sobbing like uh, um (laughs) my boyfriend was on call because we were he was doing edits for another section of the book and i was sobbing so loud he's like caitlin are you okay like yeah i'm just rewriting the scene right now and it's just breaking my heart it's like oh okay (laughs) but yeah i was like i was wondering if you had any like determining factors like that for when an emotional scene is um is like is good enough I guess
1: I feel like for me that it has to be yeah like just kind of rent you in your heart like and for me it's I mean hopefully like not always but sometimes it's a feeling that I've experienced before and so I like purposefully try to channel that feeling of absolute kind of you know gut churning stress and ups like that feeling of being upset or something if it's a really upsetting scene and if I feel like when I read it that I've conveyed that feeling, then I feel like I've done a good job. Yeah, also, I guess this is where we're, we're also quite lucky is having each other to bounce the ideas off. Like when we read through each other's scene, you can kind of tell by how they react whether you've done a good job similar to you with your readers, like expressing having really connected with it.
0: What about you, Ashley? What would you say about that? I've always I've said this before a few times when I write my characters I get really into the character like I feel like I am the character you know so if I'm like <laughs> writing it and I'm feeling like you're not uncomfortable but I start to like get anxious and you know like get kind of like all caught up in like how they're feeling then usually I know I'm doing a good job because James will be <laughs> I'll be like writing and James will be like are you okay you seem very like on edge I'm, like I am on edge you don't know what people have done <laughs> he's doing blah 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 when he's like oh okay I'll just leave you so, yeah. yeah that's probably how I that's the other thing is that like if you've got like two characters
1: and you just feel like you don't want to write the scene because yeah. it's going to break like their hearts Yeah. And you're like oh and then you know I, that you're probably doing the right thing for the book even though it's kind of painful
2: yeah I I had a sh- Similar experience to you, Ashley, because I wrote a scene that's in book two, um, and it was like one of the very few scenes I handwritten because at some point in time, I decided to just like write everything on my laptop because it was just more time saving that way than writing something down, handwritten, and then transferring it to a Word document, where which I'm really happy I wrote this by hand because like writing emotional scenes by hand just for some reason clicks better with me. But I was writing it in like my parents' common area, my family room, and it's a really sad scene. And I like started crying really hard <laughs> while while writing it. And my dad walks by, it's like, Kate, are you okay? I was like, Yeah, I'm just, I'm just writing something really sad right now. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he like looked at me the weird. Over there <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're writing something emotional scene and like you're making the people around you worry, maybe that's also a sign. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Definitely. I guess we are probably sort of running low on time and I wanted to sort of firstly thank you for being on the podcast. And secondly, I wanted to ask you where people can find your books.
2: So people can find my books a good number of places. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can find it on um, Barnes & Noble online, Apple Books uh amazon is where you can get both the ebook and the paperback if you're a um if you're subscribed to kobo you can find it there too i think you can find it on Scribd. i forget um, but <laughs> yeah all, all those platforms for sure uh, minus uh minus Scribit. i'm not sure about Scribd. um you can you can find uh, the ebook at least on those platforms
0: and how can people get in touch with you if they want
2: to find out more about you so i am very active on instagram uh my instagram handle is let me check <laughs> just to make sure i use underscores and not periods my instagram is kaitlyn uh, k-a-i-t-l-y-n underscore b underscore legaspi which is l-e-g-a-s-p-i yeah if like, if you message me there i might have a problem i'm, I'm way too good at getting back to people so <laughs> like i'll get back to you <laughs> Yeah, I will get back to you. Oh, and I have a website too. Caitlin B. blog. That's all the same spelling as my Instagram handle, minus the underscores. There's a lot of book reviews there. You can find links to purchase my books. You can find the blurbs to books, like mini character profiles, and like sneak peeks of the prologues of um, every one of my books that have been published thus far. So yeah, you can find a lot on that website. So yeah. that's awesome
1: yeah thank you again for being on the show we've really enjoyed it it's been a great chat about your process and your books it's
0: been very interesting could chat for ages I know I always find them. Like, oh, I could ask so many more questions just generally <laughs> chat about it for a while because it's always so interesting hearing about how other people find writing because you know it's usually quite solitary so it's good when you can chat to Chat to other people about it.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't do this often. It feels good. It really does. <laughs> yeah. So, what are we doing next
0: time, Dear writer Ashley? All right, so, uh, our next episode is one of our talking shop episodes, where we review some of the um, blank resources. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> thank you. Um, where we review some of the resources um, that we've been using to better our writing skills, and also uh, we have a bit of a chat about the books that we're reading currently. So, if you'd like to know any more about us or our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram, which is under the Linderson Creations handle.
1: And if you would like to be on a Dear Writer Author Spotlight episode, then head over to our website. So, we said lindersoncreations.com and if you hover over the podcast tab, you'll see the drop-down menu for Be Featured on Dear Writer. It'll take you to a form to fill out. And so if you enjoyed the show today, then please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Tell a friend about us. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone.